in South Sudan, an adolescent girl is three times more likely to die in childbirth than she is to complete primary school. Only 16% of women over the age of 15 can read and write. And when Oxfam carried out a survey last year, it showed that most women have no involvement in decision-making in the household. Gender dynamics have been shifting during South Sudan's civil war, now in its fifth year, but this by no means signifies an improvement in women's rights. Improving the circumstances of women and pushing for their rights to be respected is generally seen as quite a difficult thing to do in conflict zones. But I've got with me two women who are pushing to make changes in South Sudan. Today we're in Wau County, and I've got with me Monica and Anne. Monica and Anne, would you like to quickly just say hello to our listeners? Okay, my name is Anne Danielani. I'm Director General for the Ministry of Gender, Child and Social Welfare. Yeah, and me, I'm Monica Fagila, Protection and Gender Officer for Oxfam, Western Bargazel State. Great to have you both here. Could you start by telling us a bit about the kind of changes that you want to see and the, the kind of changes that Oxfam is trying to make through these programs? You know that when we are talking about culture, it's transmission of uh, uh, things, custom and tradition, which is going from generation to generation. So if some of women distort it, is some, like something which is creating by God, it cannot change. Like the culture of girls to stay in the house and boys, boys should go to the school, girls should work uh, domestic work, and boys should go and learn. Women should uh, just carry, uh, carry, take care of the children. So we are trying to pull them from that. No, it is a culture, but it's not favor women. So to take them, to pull them from this situation, it needs a lot of work to do. Majorly, it is about uh, lack of knowledge about their rights. For instance, when it comes to making decisions at the household level, women here in South Sudan, majority, they don't have any say, like to make a decision. Uh, because of the cultures, once one marries a woman, then it means he is entirely responsible to decide for her, but not to allow the woman to decide for herself. So since 2015, Oxfam has been running a project called Fortifying Equality and Econo Economic Diversification in Wau County in South Sudan. That's FEED for short, and that's how we will be referring to it for the rest of the podcast. Um, other partners have been running similar projects in other parts of the country and Oxfam has also been running this project uh, in other areas too. But today we're going to be focusing on WOW um, because it's an area that has been affected particularly badly by the conflict in the last three years and we wanted to look at how it's possible for programs that use agriculture and income diversification as a way of boosting women's rights, helping them to take up leadership positions in the community and to lead within their households as well. Um, so, Monica, could you tell us a bit more about how this program works? Uh, as you know, in South Sudan, most agriculture activities are done by women uh, right away from the preparation of land up to the harvesting period. It's women actively engaged in those activities but when it comes to ownership and control of the agricultural products then you find that their husbands are the one taking over from them and is that even including the the money that they make from from the agriculture yeah a majority of the men will manage whatever the woman makes out of the farm 
and that makes women and children more vulnerable. For example, when, of course, the woman harvests all the agricultural products, but the man is the one to decide about what to do with the money. The feed aimed at empowering women, encouraging them to participate so that they can have those decisions and ownership of the agricultural products and other assets to participate more in the activities and also to realize their rights. Oxfam tried to bring a new approach to farming here, a more modern approach called Farmer Field School. Could you tell us a bit about the difference between that and the way that people were doing agriculture already? Formerly they used to use the traditional way of farming and they cultivate a small piece of land yet the food they produce is not enough for the home consumption and for sale. But with the project, or with the coming of the project, it, it, it improved and it introduced also other modern ways of farming. Uh, initially, they used to broadcast or they used to cast the seeds, and the seeds you may find that all of them, they fall into one piece of place. But with the modern way of planting, of planting in the rows, you find that even if the seed is planted there and it didn't germinate, you as a farmer, you will realize that there is something missing here and you will fix it there. And also, the modern way of farming, after using it in the first season, they compared, they compared the yield to the traditional way. So they saw that there is improvement. If you use the modern way of farming, you will harvest more compared to the one who who uses the traditional way of farming. So Oxfam uh, gave some, some cows which were trained to, to work as oxen as well. What was the impact of them on the amount of land that they were able to cultivate and the work that the women had to do? Uh, the ox plows can uh, cultivate a very big land unlike the traditional way of using the molodos and you spend the whole day digging but digging a small piece of land but with the introduction of oxplore someone will not spend the whole day in the garden will use minimal time and cultivates a very big piece of land yeah which will improve of course also in the yield of the crops and also to have more food in the home and for sale and as someone who works outside of Oxfam in the in the government here in Wow, and and as somebody who's been in Wow for a long time, how do you see this? With this new project, now they can able to wider to make something which can be benefit for them, for their houses, and also for the community which is around them. If they took this business and went to the market, people can get groundnut or can get uh, cassava, can get things which they cultivate and people can buy it from them. It's also contribution to the economic of the state. So this is what I say, women cultivate but before, but now they can cultivate better. Because at the, at the first, women are depending on the men. And you know that with this crisis and conflict, sometimes the salary is not coming at the right time. So with this contribution of the women, with this small, small business, they can able to take care of children, they can able to take care of the house until when the money comes. And how were people responding to these new approaches? Women, some women from different tribes, like they never knew that a woman can also hold a bowl and pull it and cultivate. So it was something very difficult to make them understand that what these men can do, women can do. And slowly, as we went on, through awarenesses, through talking to them, the community came to accept after seeing the change and how women were doing better than men. 
So you were saying earlier how there was one woman who was really leading by example and actually one of the reasons why everybody suddenly realised that this was something that women could not just do but really lead on. I think that was Lucia. Uh, when the oxflowers were introduced, women and men were like so skeptical about it. They felt like it is against their culture. So Lucia became a very, very successful person during the training because this was the lady who first never believed that she can do it. And uh, of course, it needed uh, some energy also. Pulling those bulls were not easy, but Lucia never gave up. And uh, you find that she couldn't complain that she is tired, but men were complaining, you know. Lucia wanted to learn more. So with that courage she had, and she was so serious because she wanted really to, to know how to use the, the bulls in cultivating, she became successful in the sense that uh, other women could feel like, no, these things are for men to do it. But Lucia was like, no, what men can do, I can do it more, better than them. And uh, as you heard also from other men who were with us during that time, they, tell, they told you that even women were more better than them because they had that zeal to learn. The, the trainers used to praise Lucia and other women were like, yes, I think we, we did better. So they were like owning it. The success of Lucia was like part of, it is theirs also. Other men also were like, wow, it means we were refusing our women to to participate in this thing. This thing can be done by any person. Any other person can do it, whether a woman or a man. So they felt like uh, this project and with the training of Oxplore, it has really changed the mindset. Since Lucia made the best, other women also from the community wanted and they kept on coming to consult if they could be part of the group. But currently, as we are speaking, when we talked to her last week, uh, she told us that um, she still have more g-nuts and sorghum in the house and also from the money she made she managed to start up a small business where she's earning money on daily basis of uh, this local known as madamas g-nuts uh, roasted g-nuts then also she makes peanut butter so with that support she is providing at home, even the husband is now listening to her opinions, her suggestions, her ideas. So the family is functioning very well. We know that women, you know, you speak to women here and a lot of, a lot of people, especially in the rural areas, getting up at 4 a.m. to go and collect the water, then making breakfast, then going to cultivate, then making lunch, then making dinner, and it's a long day of work. So how do we, how do we make sure that projects like this do not add to the burden that women have to shoulder? The, pro the project reduces the burden because when women using these local tools, it will take time. You know, they can go from morning up to afternoon, then she will try to come back so that she can prepare something. But at the same time, this time it will not allow her to make, allow her can able to cultivate a big uh, place. But, during, but using this wool, she can cultivate a very big uh, space in the same time, in a short time. And that time, the rest of the time, can able her to go back to the house and prepare whatever she wants to do. The second thing is, if she is pregnant, also it can help. Because with the pregnancy, she cannot able to, she will not have power to cultivate with this local farm. 
but she can have uh, have this bull can uh, cultivate a, a, a big space without taking more energy. For from the economic side, we explain it more and see she can benefit from it and also she can have a time to engage with community. You know that women in the villages sometimes they don't have time to engage with uh, community activities because of the burden which is uh, which is on her. Work is very very. It can take her time from morning up to evening. She don't have time. But when we use these things, we introduce this new small technology to have work, she can able to get some of the time when she can engage with attending things with community. At the same time, she can have time to go back to her house to do things which concerning house. So it seems like the introducing these new ways of farming has both it's helped women to have a bit more time to rest because there is perhaps a bit less work, they're able to cultivate yeah. more land and they're, and they're also making some more money. Yeah. Is this one of the key reasons why we've been able to get buy-in from their husbands and, and their families? When women were introduced to these new techniques of farming and they are able to cultivate big land, so they cultivate for their home consumption, for sale. When they sell, they get businesses out of it, take children to school. So men became happy. Men liked the project because it has relieved, it has empowered women with the skills and knowledge and that knowledge and skills they have put it in practice like for example businesses they have introduced small businesses for themselves. So do, do you think then that is it possible to, to make these changes to women's lives without the introduction of new technology? You know women in the village they depend on their hand but when you introduce to her a new technology teaching her, train her how to use it it is very successful because by this training she can move, she can save her time, she can do something in that the rest of the time which she's supposed and instead for her to work on the farm the whole day, she can able to work on the farm at the same time she will have time to engage in another activities, whether it's business, whether it's what it was, whether it's uh, social activities, whether it's what she can able to even to attend training, another training. But when we just leave her like this without introducing a new technology, she will not have time. But when we introduce this new technology, we are not talking about that technology which is very great, but for things, to make things for her easy. How instrumental is this new technology in helping men to take on those messages, to respect their wives, to allow them to take part in more decisions in the household, to have access to... Yeah have to have access to the money that they earn. How important is that technology? What do you think? Yeah, it's very important because this technology, you know, when you want to have this, why we are saying that women, a man has holding all the decision because the money, the economic side is in the hand of the man. Women doesn't have anything. But when women have their own money, they have their own things, then it will raise their standard in the house. Man can listen to her. Because she become partners, she can contribute with some things. She can help. But at the first, women are looking at man in everything. Every sources of the money is from the man. So sometimes the man neglect. The man says himself that he is responsible for her because everything is the one given to her. He clothes, taking children to the school, food in the houses, whatever is a man. That is one man saw themselves that they are responsible and they are become superior. But when I have money, when I become to contribute, when I become to recognize in the house that I have my participation in everything, in economic, in health, in what, what, then the man will know, yeah, this woman is helping me. 
whatever he want to decide, he will take me and he will sit with me and he will negotiate with me. In the management of things in the house, responsibility of taking things in the house, even economic side in the house, even socially, he will respect this woman because he knows that now women can, this woman can take care of herself and she can take care of the child when he is not there. So obviously on top of this side of things, as you were saying, there were quite a few workshops. What were some of the messages that you were passing on to men? What were some of the changes that you wanted to see in the household? Uh, during the trainings and workshops, of course, targeting men and women was the, the contributor to the change of perception and attitudes. Uh, because during the training, we never used to isolate men. So for us to be successful in this project and making sure that women uh, take part in most of the things at the household level, men were engaged from the day go. So if you're always preaching about only a woman, a woman, of course, men will have a question mark. Men will think that, why are they only talking about women? So engagement of also men in advocacy or in advocating for the rights of women, it's important. Because some of the men, of course, they are the perpetrators. They are the ones who are subjecting women not to realize their rights. But by involving them in the project or in the idea of advocating for women's rights, it will start with them. But if you engage also men and women, then it means your target will be so broader and the message will reach people quickly. Um, men also in the trainings and uh, workshops, of course, they testified how they were so rigid and so attached to their cultural beliefs. But during the trainings, they were like, yeah, they have started seeing the changes right away from the home and also socially outside the home, like with other friends or other community members, women have started picking up also to stand up in public, maybe address the public or say a word in public. That was a result of the trainings and workshops we used to to, to give them uh, about leadership, women leadership, uh, women to take part in decision making, women to, to know their rights also. Some women also are now leaders. Uh, in Kormalang, the deputy chief is a, a woman. So these trainings have really changed the mindset of many people. Do you expect that the changes that have been made in the household in terms of the rights that the women have you know, really grabbed um, and the economic power that they now have, how sustainable do you think that is? They are able to continue with the activities simply because they are now well equipped. They have got the knowledge and they have got the, the materials. So they do the farming and they know that these seeds, they are able to reserve some for the next season. Even though Oxford is not there, the Minister of Gender should continue to monitor to see. We take care. That is why we are working in partnership. And even these people sometimes, when they, now they are trained, we can use them as to train another people. And so what, what are some of the conditions that made this program work in this situation? And can this, can this project be replicated in other parts of South Sudan? Does it need a level of stability? Stability is very is very important, but we need stability so that we can able to reach those who are far far. 
So it is very important to have a stability for the continuation of the, any project. So this part of WOW has had its insecurity as well. There was some fighting here both last year and in 2016. Um, but the communities where we have been, who we've been working with in these two areas at least, they've more or less been able to stay in those areas. In, in some parts of South Sudan, giving people cattle to do um, plowing like this might not be possible because cattle raiding is such a big problem. And you know, once you've trained your cattle, you, the next thing you know, they could be gone next week. If you wanted to take this kind of programming that empowers women, gives women more time, um, in other parts of South Sudan, perhaps parts of, parts of South Sudan which where this probably wouldn't be possible. What kind of programming do you think could work? Of course, um, uh, to empower women doesn't mean only that we have to provide bulls for them to cultivate bigger pieces of land. Even some other kind of support. Take an example of introducing business skills training like the way we did and uh, you give you bring to them these uh, machines like uh, peanut making machines then it will empower them can make their lives more better compared to even to those ones who are you know doing the farming so in the parts whereby there is a lot of cattle raiding uh, there are other improved tools which can be used by women. Uh, in South Sudan, people prefer using molodos, but if you provide them with hoes, a hoe can, you can use it and cultivate a, a little big piece of land compared to molodo. So I think as we can see, this is the kind of thing that we should be pushing for across all of our programs in South Sudan. As our team on the ground here and all of the people that we've been working with have shown, it is possible to empower women and to make a real change in terms of their rights, their ability to lead in the community, in the household, it is possible to do this in complex conflict situations. So Anne and Monica, thank you both so much for joining us. It's been really, really interesting to talk to you both. We should also say thank you as well to the Government of Canada who provided the funding for the FEED programme. Um, and to anybody listening who would like to hear more of this kind of thing, more podcasts from Oxfam, I recommend logging on to our website at views-voices.oxfam.org.uk forward slash tag, that's T-A-G, forward slash podcast.